Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, the one and only, the beloved Todd Huff. It's a pleasure to be here. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Of course, you can send your thoughts and your questions and your opinions and your feedback. And always pepper in a little bit of adoration and praise Again, that email, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. The best way to get me, though, right now, as we are growing our online community, is go there, community.ToddHuffShow.com. Start a free account. You can comment on stuff that we're posting there. Can to continue to grow this? And also, if you want to watch the 2000 Mules documentary with me on July 21st, that's just a week away, July 21st, Go to conservativenotbitter.com and get your ticket there. Use discount code Todd. That'll actually expire tomorrow night at 11.59 p.m. Save a couple bucks there um, and watch the, the documentary with me. It's important stuff, folks. It really is. And so today, today what I want to do is I want to get to... Oh, I have a feeling a lot of folks, um, I don't listen. I I was just talking with someone about this the other day. I don't listen to anything else in in this space. I come on here, I tell you what I think. Um, I used to, uh, when Rush was still with us, I used to listen to Rush. And I've said on this program, and I'll say it again, and I think it's 100% right, Everything, everyone else, I should say, was playing for second place. Rush was the greatest and is just revolutionized an industry. Um, I think he he was able to, I mean, in some ways, be one of the folks that saved America and conservatism at the risk of sounding overly dramatic, but... When you look that it was his, back in those days, it was his voice versus, well, a whole bunch of leftists and people who were trying to distort reality and truth. But I don't listen to anyone today. But I have a feeling, I have a feeling that a lot of people are not going to get into what I'm going to talk about today because these things are just a little bit... um, I don't know. There's a lot going on here. So January 6th committee. Now, I want to be clear. I want to be very clear up front. I've said this, I think, every time I've talked about this. I think the January 6th committee that's meeting in the House, that's bringing people in to testify and so forth, this is, in my estimation, and I sincerely mean this, you can question my judgment, uh, but this is what I really think. I think it is... It's a show trial. It is a dog and pony show. It is a committee that is designed to, well, I think to distract people from the true damage of an ideology. And that's the lesson here. 
The lesson is when radical leftism is implemented in this nation or anywhere for that matter, really, really bad things happen. Case in point, did you see yesterday it was announced that inflation has hit a 40-year high, 9.1%. Meanwhile, meanwhile, some of these delusional leftists, these folks who are so intent on defending defending a politician who is woke or who accepts the premise, the premises of radical leftist theology, and I say theology deliberately because I do think that there's, again, as I've said on this program before, the radical there's the radical left is the godless radical left. Not not every Democrat is in that boat. Not every liberal is in that boat. But there is a fringe group, fringe group that truly hates this country. They truly hate truth. They truly hate talk of traditional values, things like, I don't know, hard work and sacrifice. They instead come at it from a perspective of entitlement. It's a, it's a perspective that's fueled by rage. They think that they should have whatever they want, whenever they want it, and that, of course, is right now. Someone else should should pay for it. They reject the idea that there is truth, which, of course, anytime you say that that's not true, you're actually demonstrating just how much you believe that there is truth, even when you don't have any idea what you're talking about, radical leftists. And so we see the pain that's caused, and dare I say, oh, some folks, I know, I know that there's a hesitation to believe this. I understand. I was there with you 20 some years ago when I was listening to Rush. But folks, this is this is deliberate. There are some people who have power or who have influence and power over those with political power. And they hate this country. They want it to be remade completely. They want to be they want it to be remade from scratch. In fact, you may have seen former <laughs> I call him former American Michael Moore because didn't he say he uh, didn't want full citizenship privileges? I mean, again, radical leftists. None of this stuff is to be taken seriously. I'm looking at an article in BizPack Review from a few days ago, July 11th. Headline, Michael Moore proposes Second Amendment repeal and replace days after saying he rejects full citizenship privileges. They want to – he's written here his version of the 28th Amendment – which would be a new amendment. There's only 27 amendments. Michael Moore, former American, <laughs> has written a, uh, a proposed amendment, whatever. But this is the kind of stuff that these radical leftists, they, they, they hate this country. I'm telling you, in fundamentally and profound ways, in ways that I don't think the average American understands. Had I've said on this program, I've had personal conversations with people even in the days, recent days, recent times. I um, I think that 70% of this country, I believe this. I truly believe this. We've traveled a little bit on the truth tour. We've got a lot of work to do. We're just kind of getting ramped up here. But there is some good news on the horizon that I'm looking forward to sharing with you as far as some new cities where we're going to be on, uh, on new radio stations. But um, we, as we travel the country and I talk to people, listen to people, that's really what I do. Believe it or not, I talk here and I listen elsewhere because – it's what I learn when I listen that helps me do this show. So as we've traveled and done some of that, I come to the 
pretty firm realization that 70%, I'm picking numbers that are, again, this is, this isn't done, you know, we didn't do some extensive research. This is just my instincts and gut level reaction to the sorts of things that I would hear from people. 70% of the country, I think, would agree with 70% of the things we say on here, and maybe even slightly more. So this is all encouraging to me. I hope it is encouraging to you as well. But the January 6th commission, to bring this back to where we kind of diverged to explain that, the January 6th commission is effectively designed to prevent people from fully recognizing, fully, I don't know, uh, forming in solidarity against the ideology that's responsible for this. And make no mistake, 100%, the folks who are responsible for inflation at 9.1%, again, I think that's low. I think that is low. I think, in fact, when you factor in, if you take the main things like food, I've seen people do this. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But the inflation rate on food Gas, and there was another one that's escaping me. Um, Three categories of things that people basically have to buy. Food, gasoline, and something else. I mean, it's much higher than 9.1%. This is 100% the fault of the radical left. This is, I would dare say, intentional, which I know is hard to accept. But at some point, when you find yourself saying, They couldn't do this bad if they try to kind of make a point. I think at some point we begin to think the only way it really explains itself is if they were trying to do this this badly. It's only almost the flip the inverse of that. We say that to be, you know, dramatic. They couldn't do it this bad if they tried. Well, maybe the really the the true statement should be the only way it could be this bad is if it was their intention. And so they want to take attention off of that. And they also know that, again, the person that they thought was best, the person that they hand-selected in 2020 after the South Carolina primary, right before Super Tuesday, was Joe Biden. Joe Biden, who can't read from a teleprompter. Joe Biden, who can't even know what to do at a basic meeting when all you have to do is stand and smile and shake hands and introduce a few people. Remember, he was elected. He was chosen he was selected from the group of that included Focahontas, which I can say because I am the 13th great-grandchild documented by now multiple genealogists of Pocahontas. So we can, I'm the official spokesperson of the family. We're okay with, with Rush used to call her Focahontas, and I think Trump does the same thing. I think Rush calls her, or excuse me, Trump calls her Pocahontas. We're okay with that because she's the one that made an assertion that's patently ridiculous and absurd and candidly not even relevant it shouldn't be relevant to political ideas worldviews philosophies and that sort of thing but nonetheless just wanted to let you know the family is okay with that so but they handpicked biden amongst a crowd of focahontas bernie bernie sanders who's only a democrat when it comes election time when it's a presidential election year he's an independent otherwise uh, let's see, Pete Boot Edge Edge, Amy Klobuchar, both of these folks were contacted by the power brokers in the Democrat Party. They were told not to 
continue in the race. They found the, the Democrats had found their guy and, and Joe Biden. And that these, again, I think these folks would be, um, I think it's clear that they've been promised things in return. This is what I, I think. I think a lot of that's, some of that's indisputable. Some of that is my interpretation, but I think it's pretty sound. <laughs> I think it's pretty sound. So all this leads up, all this leads up to post-election, post-election and things like 2,000 Mules, which again, we're watching the documentary and you can join us. July 21st, conservativenotbitter.com, use discount code Todd. But all this stuff kind of comes together, right? The, in the way, So that's their candidate. The inflation is, is a mess in this country, economic disaster. I said yesterday or the day before, Biden had to go a million miles from Earth to this telescope in space to find some semblance of good news. That's how, that's how far you have to go to find something that Biden, the radical left, the Democrat Party has not utterly destroyed. You got to go a million miles into space, and that is pretty accurate. <laughs> so this is the, the world that we live in. We know that Trump is still Trump is still the most popular politician. It's close with some others, but he's still technically the most popular. And this is after all of this stuff. This is after demonizing him. This is after January 6th. This was after two very contentious elections. And now they they are left knowing that they are probably barring another, well, barring something that is 2,000 mules like on a massive scale. They are set up to be shellacked in November. They know this. They know that they're probably, well, I said before that Biden is not. Biden's unofficial last day as president was July 9th of this past week. He's not going to be their nominee in 2024. And if he is, just think how bad, that means they would have picked this guy twice in spite of all the stuff that's happening, in spite of the Hunter Biden stuff, and not just the, the prostitutes and drugs, which are bad, but the real thing is what's going on between he and his father and what, if any, I don't even know if I want to say that, but but what is the connection between Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, and these foreign entities and this pay-to-play scandal stuff? This is really relevant stuff. And yes, there's the the blackmail angle, but at the same at the same time, um, Hunter Biden appears to be completely shameless. I mean, he films films himself doing everything. Oz asked me that earlier. What in the world? Why does this guy film himself doing everything? I mean, some really bad stuff. I mean, this, if you don't want to know what's on the laptop, don't read any of that, any news, any news that actually tells you, because it's awful. So this is the scenario that we're operating within. So here comes the January 6th committee. And they know this. There are no, well, there are two Republicans on there, but they are Republican in name only. That would be Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. These are folks who are basically the, um, you know, kind of the symbolic Republicans on the committee that they can say we had Republicans because the Republicans did nominate Jim Jordan and, and Jim Banks, I think, were the two that Nancy Pelosi said could not be on the committee because they, of course, are, in her mind, and her, well, 
in her political strategy anyway. She says that they were part of the insurrection and the coup and all this stuff. They can't be part of that. They are <laughs> they are compromised or what have you. And so we end up with two Republicans on the committee that aren't really Republicans. They are furthering the narrative of the radical left. And so this committee is going on, these hearings, they act like all of these things that happen are revelations, and we'll go through this a little bit. But there's also been some leaked audio. And this is the part I want to get to that I don't know if other folks are going to be talking about this. I don't know, and I don't care. But I do want to address this because I think, I think it needs to be addressed. And I want to talk about the whole framework. I want to present this as fairly as I can. I, as I said before, believe that this is a dog and pony show, that this is designed to keep people and their attention off of the utter disaster that the radical left is. Um, and it's also designed to try to prevent Donald J. Trump from running again in 2024, either by uh, law, by saying he was someone guilty of insurrection, or by trying to damage his brand so badly that he cannot enter the political arena ever again. So those are the objectives. This is, don't be fooled by this stuff. That's what I believe this is. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that there's not individual instances or bits of evidence or allegations that don't need to be talked about. And that's what I'm going to do today as fairly as I know how, which I can tell you is going to be much, much more fair than those who act like they're being objective at places like MSNBC, CNN, the New York Times, Washington Post, take your pick. So all that being said, we're going to talk about this today. I get a soundbite uh, from Steve Bannon to play for you and uh, probably a soundbite from Liz Cheney as well. I want to go through some of this stuff with the January 6th commission. We'll talk about that in due course, my friends. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So... Let us continue delving into this January 6th commission, which again, I know folks are joining the program at all different times. I believe that this is a dog and pony show designed to be a distraction. I fully believe that. I also believe that there can, even with that being true, there, need, there can be things that come up from this that need to be talked about and addressed, and that's what we're trying to do here today. So, Yes, I think it was yesterday, Mother Jones, um, the leftist publication, leaked audio of a Steve Bannon conversation that happened prior to, it happened prior to the 2020 election. I think it was in October of 2020, around Halloween maybe, there's a date somewhere. Um, let me say this, it's an edited, an edited conversation. Now, I just want to pause. I I want to be clear on this. I'm not suggesting it's been doctored, but I wanted to use the word edited in describing this soundbite because note note how the media portrays this. The media will say that there's a leaked audio of Steve Bannon, which is true. But what do they do? What do they do when the soundbite, when the leaked audio actually says something that they don't want you to know. Suddenly, they refer to that as edited 
audio. And they'll defend it. Remember the George Zimmerman stuff. That to me is, well, there's plenty of examples, but that's one of the best. George Zimmerman, um, who was, uh, you know, he's the one who had the encounter with Trayvon Martin and killed Trayvon Martin. They released the 911 tape. Um, and the media, I forget which outlet it was, edited out a very important part of the conversation. Again, I want to be clear. I'm not suggesting it's happening here in this leaked. They are, there are, you can tell when I play it, there's a portion and there's some music that's laid behind it. It's coming from Mother Jones directly. But then, um, then it goes to another part of the conversation. And I want to talk about the conversation, but I also want to talk about, I just want to alert people, and many of you are well aware of this. Some folks don't know this, though. Or they just need to be, they need to be, um, they need to know how frequently this happens and how subtle it can happen. Again, normal situation, if it's something the media doesn't want you to know, uh, they don't want you to, what I want to say, they don't want you, they don't want you to know what is in a soundbite or a particular clip, they'll say that it's edited, maybe even doctored or fake or something. They'll, they'll try to say it in such a way that devalues what you're about to listen to. When it's stuff like this, which furthers their narrative, it's just leaked audio. I use the word edited, again, just to point out how hypocritical they are. And again, a lot of folks don't catch this because they're just thinking, oh, these folks in the media, I guess, are telling me the truth. That's not the truth. But the George Zimmerman tape, going back in time, um, he called in 911 and he said there's a suspicious-looking uh, young man in the neighborhood. And then the 911 caller, or excuse me, operator, asks something about, you know, is he white, black, or Hispanic? And George Zimmerman says, I think he's black. But NBC, or I don't want to, don't hold me to that. I, I feel like it was NBC, but maybe it was someone else. So this isn't... Please, this is not me trying to badger or uh, I guess I should say malign a particular news outlet. Um, It's one of them, though, and they're all effectively doing the same thing. But in that case, they released the 911 tape that was edited to where it said, basically, 911, what's your emergency? And then George Zimmerman said, there's someone in in the community that looks suspicious. I think he's black, as though that was part of what made him look suspicious, which was not at all what George Zimmerman said. So... That's who these folks are in the media. Don't be, don't be fooled about this. But this uh, this soundbite from Steve Steve Bannon prior to the election, which is edited. Again, it is technically edited, but I also want to illustrate how bad and how much of a double standard the media has when they want you to consume something, just accepting it as the gospel truth versus being critical about it. And when they don't want you to accept it as true, they'll call it edited or whatever. They didn't do that in this case. I'm just pointing out that it technically is. And if they want to be consistent, maybe they should do that. But they won't because they're invested in the January 6th commission. Again, because, why? Because they have a desired outcome. Because they want it, they they decided before these shenanigans took place that Trump was already trying to be a dictator, had engaged in insurrection, whatever other things they want you to believe. They had fully committed to that being the storyline. And so now, in their minds, this clip, which I'm going to have to get to next segment now, 
Don't get mad at me. I just got time constraints here. But this clip is to them kind of the nail in the proverbial coffin here for Trump. So I'll play it after the break. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about what's going on here. I think they need to decide whether or not they're considering these hearings a political process or like a courtroom, a place where the rule of law, you know, there's strict procedures and so forth. They they conflate those things intentionally because when it benefits them to make it sound like it's some sort of a legal technical process, they'll use that to their advantage. When it doesn't suit their narrative or play to their um, you know, their, pers- their particular angle that this is a legal hearing, they want you to think, well, it's just a political process. But they need to pick which side it is uh, and stick with it because, again, they're trying to weaponize this whole thing is the point. And we have to be aware. We have to pick up on this. You can say that while still saying, you know, things about January 6th that were obviously unacceptable. or And that applies across the board, whether it's stuff about, you know, there being people who infiltrated the groups as a, uh, a particular informant has allegedly you know, stated. Whatever it is, whether it's good for Trump supporters, bad for Trump, it just should be... <laughs> We should just be focused on what the truth is, regardless of names. We shouldn't have a committee weaponized to basically be a taxpayer-funded campaign event designed to help the Democrats win elections, which is what this is. So, quick timeout. Play the soundbite when we get back, my friends. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. So let's play this soundbite that I've been referencing here during the show. Um, this again is Steve Bannon. He is at a, where is he? He's at some sort of a, I don't know if it really tells us. He's at an event talking about Trump's strategy. It sounds like maybe a private conversation um, amongst, a, I don't know, networking event, fundraising event, what have you. But I want you to listen to this. I bleeped it out, but this is Steve Bannon. And it's important to note that this is before the 2020 election. Here it is. And what Trump's going to do is just declare victory, right? He's going to declare victory. It, but it, that doesn't mean he's the winner. He's just going to say he's the winner. The Democrats, more of our people vote early that count. Theirs voted mail. And so they're going to have a natural disadvantage, and Trump's going to take advantage of it. That's our strategy. He's going to declare himself a winner. So when you wake up Wednesday morning, it's going to be a firestorm. We're going to have Antifa crazy, the media crazy, the courts are crazy, and Trump's going to be sitting there mocking, tweeting shit out, you lose. <laughs> I'm the winner. I'm the king. And he'll be all over. He'll be, he'll be going, where's Hunter? Is Hunter on a crack pipe? I mean, no, he'll be, because then it doesn't matter. Remember, here's the thing. After that, Trump never has to go to a voter again. He's going to fire Ray, the FBI director. Fire the scene and say, you. How about that? Because he's never gonna. He's he's done his last election. Oh, he's gonna be off the chain. He's gonna be crazy. Also, also, if Trump is if Trump is losing by ten or eleven o'clock at night, it's gonna be even crazier. No, because he's gonna sit right there and say they stole it. I'm yeah. Court, uh, I'm directing the attorney general to shut down all ballot places in all fifty states. It's gonna be no. He's not going out easy. If Trump, if Biden's winning, Trump is gonna do some crazy. Okay, so 
So there's that's the clip. That's what was released by Mother Jones. There may be others, but that's again the edited, <laughs> the edited clip, um, which again I feel is important to tell you since anytime um, it doesn't favor their narrative, they'll tell you that it's edited. It is edited. Doesn't mean it's doctored or changed. It just means it's edited. Edited for time, if for nothing else. So, but this is the the sound. This is the clip. This is, um, you know, this is what again Steve Bannon was saying before before the election. So the idea here is that since Bannon was saying this, again, this is why I said last segment. We have to decide. The left has to decide. Is this a is this a legal proceeding or political proceeding? Because they want to treat it when there's stuff like this. When there's stuff like this, they want you to think it's a, you know, it's it's evidence that's been admitted by a judge and all this kind of stuff. That there's been the proper uh, proper amount of discovery that's been allowed, and there's been opportunity to cross-examine witnesses and all this kind of stuff. None of that, of course, has happened. It doesn't mean that this is still not something that shouldn't be discussed and dealt with. It just means that is not what this proceeding is about this is a one-sided presentation that is designed to help if if nothing else i i would say help democrats that's my firm belief some might the reason i say i even bring that up is because some might say well todd liz cheney and adam kinzinger are on there so this can't be all about the democrats except for that's basically what they've what they've become they want nothing to do nothing to do with republican party ideology or platform or anything if Trump is the one that's the candidate. And so this is about, first and foremost, it really is about Trump. They don't want him running again. They need to change the narrative. They don't want people sitting there thinking all day about how terrible life has become after Democrats have taken over, which is, of course, factually the case. By the way, I saw yesterday uh, Biden said... (laughs) that the inflation rate of 9.1% is out of date. It is out of date. It, I mean, it's out of date and it's probably higher. And the fact of the matter is, on the things that matter the most, as far as the things that we have to buy, so to speak, food, um, gasoline to get, you know, to get places, that inflation rate is much higher than 9.1%. Anyway, but they don't want to talk about those things is the point. They want to instead talk about Trump. They want to talk about the dangers of Trump overthrowing our democracy and all this sort of thing. In fact, up to the point, up to the point, I don't know if you saw this, was, this was over the weekend. Meet the Press, a panel of guests on there. Meet the Press, this is, this is Chuck Todd's thing, I think. Uh, they basically concluded that in order for democracy to be saved in the United States, Trump's going to have to die. That was basically the conclusion, and I might play that soundbite if, if I have time. But this is, again, this needs to be talked about logically, right? Um, they also said yesterday, or actually the day before, that because Trump was meeting, the Trump administration, uh, administration was meeting with certain Republican congressmen, congresspeople like Jim Jordan and others, uh, Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene, there's others on the list as well. Because they met because he met with them before January 6th on December 21st that they were colluding and conspiring to overthrow the election. 
When we all knew at the time, we all knew at the time that folks were meeting to decide what strategy they were going to take. We were all just, in fact, you could go back to archives of this episode. I encourage you to do that if you don't believe me. Go back to December of 2020, uh, 2020, around the 21st, and see if there's episodes where we talk about, I guarantee you that there are, whether Congress people should challenge the electors of certain states. There will be episodes, there will be discussions of that. That's what the meeting was about. They want you to think, Bannon said this here in October. And again, in a pure legal sense, if you're in a courtroom, this is called speculation. I mean, I, I'm not an attorney, thank goodness. I know some of you are. That's just half-hearted attorney joke there. But I've sat on a jury, and I remember sitting there, and there, objection, Your Honor, speculation. Objection, Your Honor, whatever. Witnesses can't just hearsay. You can't just start saying whatever you would say as though you were sitting with a friend at a coffee shop telling them about a certain situation. There are rules, and there's reasons for those rules, legal reasons and rationale. And this is called speculation. Now, you could say, well, this, if someone like Steve Bannon is speculating and that's the, the strategy, certainly you can make that, that case, but you could also make the case that this is speculation. And then, of course, doesn't the truth matter? See, this is, again, why I want to watch, why I have watched, and why I want you to watch 2,000 Mules. Because if the evidence is that we can't trust the results of certain state elections because of all the stuff that's not even more than has been discovered or presented on 2000 mules. But if that stuff happened, if that stuff happened and it was rampant and rampant enough to change the outcome of an election, then doesn't Trump and the Republicans don't Trump and the Republicans have a requirement to fight it. The truth is what matters. So they don't want you talking about the truth. In fact, they shut you down. They silence you if you raise these questions. If you simply say, that does matter, right? That does matter. If there is evidence, if there is evidence or reason and suspicion to think, you know what? This doesn't add up. Why did this happen? Why were these dates changed arbitrarily? Why should these ballots count? And all this stuff. And it's a mess. I will grant you it's a mess. But the rules and the laws are put there for reasons. And it's reasons that is the, well that are the prerogative of state legislatures. But that stuff was all ignored by in certain states by the executive branch or people in the executive branch of the the government whether it's the governor or the uh, you know someone in positions of, a position of power to change deadlines and so forth. And then you factor in the 2000 mules part. Point is Point is, is that the strategy, the sh- if, if the strategy is to say we are going to fight this because bad things happened, that is much different than to say we are going to try to overthrow the government even if we lose. Now, some people will hear that soundbite and say that's what he was saying. But that that is... Certainly not what I, I, they said that they were going to fight it, challenge it, not make it easy, not go away easily. That was Bannon's interpretation, Bannon's speculation. Maybe Trump said it personally. Wouldn't that be hearsay if this was a criminal proceeding and so forth? I mean, there's, there's lots of questions about this. And I'm not saying that even this, this might make this, there might be reason to 
not like this. I'm not saying that that doesn't, you shouldn't at least make us think. But doesn't it still come down to what is actual true, actually true? And if people, it's, can we not just agree that losing an election and saying, I don't care that I lost, I'm going to stay in power. If that, that is, that is wrong. We should agree to that, but we should also all be able to to agree that if the election was predicated upon a vote tally that was incorrect, that was fabricated by whatever series of things that could have happened, thought like 2,000 mules, as documented, then that's bad too. And it, the truth matters here, but we're not allowed to talk about it. We're only allowed to talk about it in relation to what Trump did assuming that there was no fraud whatsoever, the safest and most secure election in America's history, which, of course, is a bizarre thing to say to begin with. Anyway, that's how we're supposed to, or being forced to look at this. I choose to look at it differently. I hope other critical thinkers do as well. You may not like this, and I'm not even suggesting that you should. I just want to address it and talk about it because, um, well, it, it it needs to be addressed. We need to at least be aware of this and understand why people think that this, you know, this is definitive evidence that Trump needs to be going to jail or whatever they think, prosecuted and so forth. So, quick time out. By the way, if you want to watch 2,000 Mules, go to conservativenotbitter.com. You can use the discount code TODD through tomorrow night, July 15th, 11.59 p.m. Save a couple bucks. Um, Or you can also text the word mules, M-U-L-E-S, to 317-210-2830. I've got to take a break. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Don't have a lot of time here, but wanted to tell you that Biden's out there. Well, I saw a quote, let's say it this way. I saw a quote from that was posted on was it Joe Scarborough's Twitter page yesterday quoting Joe Biden. I didn't hear Biden say this, but it's in quotes and it's on Joe Scarborough's Twitter feed. But then again, Joe Scarborough works at MSNBC, so I don't know. But it says this, says Biden says this. Read the polls, Jack. 92% of Democrats said they would vote for me if I ran again. That's what Biden's out there saying. I don't know. I haven't seen any polling like this. Although my first question is, does Biden's ability to read polls come anywhere near to Biden's ability to read teleprompters? That's my first question. I got to take a break, my friends. Come back and wrap up for the day. Sit tight. Back in just a minute. my friends unfortunately that is all of the time that we have again one of the last times i'm going to mention this because we're simply out of time for the for deadlines but if you want to watch 2000 mules go to conservativenotbitter.com discount code todd you can get your tickets there or text the word mules m-u-l-e-s 317-210-2830 317-210-2830 2102830 discount code expires Friday night the 15th at 11:59 p.m. Always a pleasure folks to be here. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. SDG see you tomorrow. Take care.